The King's Council community is designed to equip entrepreneurs to operate in excellence through proven God-given templates and kingdom principles. Now, we believe that entrepreneurship is God-given, which is why our mission is to create wealth and provision for the purpose of confirming God's covenant on this earth. So whether you are a new entrepreneur or heck, maybe you're looking to become one, looking to go from employed to deployed, then we have a program for you. Or if you're an existing business leader looking for that tribe or that community to run with to discover what true success and prosperity in life actually is, not just within the financial means, but mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually as well. If you're looking for that purpose, or if you know that God has more purpose for you in the kingdom, then the King's Council is the tribe for you. Like-mindsetted, bold, kingdom leaders on mission, willingly engaging in the battle of business, continually conquering new territories to bring the spoils of the world back into the kingdom. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek. And if you're watching on YouTube, you get to see who I got in the studio with me, my main ma. The last time, Todd, we did the, an episode, I spoke a little, uh, what is it, Rastafari? I guess. My main man. My main man. Mr. Christian Edwards is with me. And then we got a treat for you guys today as well. The founding and lead pastor of Love Church out of Omaha, Nebraska, Mr. Todd Doxson. Welcome to the show, Todd. It's an honor, man. Super stoked to be on with some real Christian men doing some bicep curls right before the podcast, (laughs) getting all swole, tan. It's going to be cool to to hang out. (laughs) You are mic'd up for sure. Doing some push-ups for the the camera. This is great. Well, really, Christian's super tan because he just got back from Aruba celebrating his 10-year anniversary. Come on, bro. Congrats. 10 years. How about it, dude? 10 years. And I know some of your story too, man. So 10 years, bro. Like that's pretty cool to see God's grace in your life and favor. And amen. Right. Thanks, brother. Just how he does it. Yeah. And maybe my story is why I'm so drawn to your story. And I can't mm. wait till we dive into that a little bit because, you know, it's a story that's dear to my heart and the transformation that I saw in my life. I know a guy like you can relate to it. And you're probably sitting in the same position as I am where it's like, man, if this didn't happen to me, I don't know yeah. if I would believe it just seeing it happen to somebody else, but it happened to me. That's right. Well, it's, it's funny because as a lead pastor, you know, sometimes you can get wrapped up in leading the church and the mechanics of it, the business part and all that. And all those are great. But it, many times in worship, God will bring me right back to like where I got saved. Yeah. And then short after, it'll be like, and by the way, if that didn't happen, you'd probably be on your third, fourth marriage, probably still at the bar trying to do the whole thing still. You know, it just, it gives you that return of gratitude in your heart. And when you, you know, you're taking the stage to preach or to communicate, it brings you to that fresh place of gratitude and genuine, you know, like, golly, God, your grace is so crazy in my yeah. life. And uh, I always want to stay fresh with that because as you and I know, as we go along, that human tendency sometimes to get dry and and different seasons and that's going to happen. But to bring back to that place of gratitude, man, that's where we want to live. Yeah. Amen. To remember. Absolutely. So Christian hasn't even really shared with me, just for our listeners too. This is the first time that Todd and I have actually met. 
<laughs> you know, so I, I'm super excited to even hear this story as I'll be learning uh, along with all of you listeners as well. So uh, you guys are like, your story, your story. And I'm like, what's the story? <laughs> <laughs> so t- take us yeah. back, Todd, if you will, man. Because you had a stint in the NFL, right? Yeah, let me take you back a little bit. I mean, that's it's kind of like, you know, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. Parents got divorced when I was seven. My mom had a drug problem growing up. She drugged me to church every Sunday. <laughs> and uh, I knew the gospel, man. I knew I didn't, it wasn't like I didn't believe in God, but to me, Christians were like, you know, nerds, geeks, you know, they had to turn into the cool card if you're going to be a Christian. And so I went through high school, typical jock, you know, excelling in sports, drinking a bunch, the whole womanizing deal. Went to Iowa State University on a football and baseball scholarship. The Cyclones, um, right? The Cyclones, baby. Good. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Were you from Minnesota? Minnesota. I'm from, right? I'm from South Dakota, actually. Oh, oh there yes. you go. Yeah. Not the that it's, Jack- I mean, it's literally the same distance from Minnesota to Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Cyclones, baby. And yeah, we were terrible, bro. It, it was bad. And ended up just zoning in, playing quarterback there four years. Went to the New York Jets and was my first team. Bill Parcells' first year in New York was having a great training camp, was running down on covering a punt as a gunner and my hamstring just snapped. And like, I mean, I just went, just hit the, the deck. And it was like, in that moment, my dreams were shattered. And my whole identity leading up to that point was, you know, it was all football. It was all position. It was going to be money and women and fame. And in a moment it was gone. And God brought me through this, I mean, amazing process I went back to Iowa State to finish my degree, and uh, I hit rock bottom, waking bacon, fornicating. I, I got a job with Jimmy John's Sandwiches, baby, delivering freaky fast, and got involved tragically in dealing weed as well. I had a buddy on campus who was like the kind bud master. We grew up up in his like his rented house. I still don't know to this day how, how you grow hydroponic weed on the third floor of your rental house, but he did. <laughs> and in any event, we were like, I got in cahoots with him. And one night I was actually out. This is probably, I'm, I'm thinking it was late 97. Golly, I'm dating myself. And I'm out dealing basically a, a bag of weed. I was bringing a, a bag of weed to someone and a Jimmy John sandwiches, sandwich. And God just, boom, just like entered my truck. You know, it sounds weird, but it was like I was outside of myself looking at myself. And God was like, going, is that what you really want in life? Like this road you're on is going to lead to. I mean, incarceration, unplanned pregnancy, disease, early death, like I've given you free will or you can turn right now and I'm going to bless your life and, and you, you won't even believe what I'll do with your life. And bro, that was late 1997. So we're talking 25 years ago and it was a, like a Saul to Paul conversion. A few weeks later, the New England Patriots signed me. They sent me to NFL Europe over in Amsterdam of all places. So women and weed, I mean, it's all legal out there. The beauty in God's sovereignty, he pairs me with a guy named Kurt Warner, who if you're you know, a football guy, you remember that guy. So he signed with the Rams. They sent him over to Amsterdam as well. And at the time, he was working for High V and the YMCA as well. Well, that was before arena stuff. He would come up to Ames. He's in Des Moines. I'm in Ames, 30 minutes away. And so my coach is like, hey, you guys start training before training camp. So we started working together. He's a Christian for a couple of years. I'm like, wait, you can be cool and like a competitive, fierce competitor and be a Christian. I was like, I thought that was a mutually exclusive idea. And long story short, roomed with him over in Amsterdam. We made the team. We had camp in Atlanta, go to Amsterdam, room with them for, you know, four months. And my life changed, man. I mean, I get saved. I'm getting discipled by a dude I can relate to. 
and set me up. I just texted Kurt. He was on, uh, they're doing like a preview for the season, NFL season. Just again, how grateful I am. This is how many years later, you know, 25 years later, still thanking Kurt for that investment. So anyway, that happened. Fast forward, get cut by New England, get to Miami. And Miami is where I finally played in the 1998 season. Backed up a guy named Dan Marino, Hall of Fame dude. And that was a ball. That was such a ball. Got invited to a church called Calvary Chapel. Some random guy on the beach like invites me to this church. I had no idea what the Calvary Chapel movement was. You know, expositional teaching. There's a rock band. It was like Pastor Bob Coy, stand-up comedian, but also teaching in a way I could understand. I didn't know church. I was like, is this church? Like, what is this? And so that was this DNA that stuck in me. And so years later, we actually left Fort Lauderdale, came back to Omaha, Nebraska, (laughs) had this call and burden to start. So we rented out a middle school. I've worked three jobs, started teaching First Corinthians. And here we are 14 years later, still leading the same church and having a ball. So that's the cliff note condensed version for you guys in your, in your audience. The church is a little bigger now, though, than the classroom. Right? <laughs> I tell you what, it's crazy. It started, golly, in a basement, really, and then the middle school. And uh, you know, we've really had this mindset from day one. This is God's church, one day at a time, one soul at a time. Let him do what he wants to do. And for whatever reason, by his grace, yeah, he's, he's built his church. And we just finished in the, during the pandemic, a, just a phenomenal building looking at campus too. And then some others in the region right now. And it's just the team he's provided, the financial resource, the human resource, most of all, his spirit, his word has just been, uh, it's been overwhelming. Our, our boys are 20. One of my boys just got married and moved back from Cali. He just got bought his first house. He's in real estate investment. I've been training them on real estate investment stuff. And then my other boys at Iowa State are playing football as well. He's actually going, he left for camp. He just left for camp. So starting the season as a running back, special teams guy. Nice. And been married 22 years and pinch myself sometimes. I'm living the dream. When when people ask me, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm living the dream. And they're like, no, really, how are you doing? I'm like, dude, <laughs> this is beyond my wildest dreams, my life. For sure. That's amazing, man. So you you left Florida and moved to Omaha. Was that your your plan the entire time? Or was that just like you felt God calling you to Omaha, Nebraska? Yeah, there was. It was interesting. That's a good question. So in the Calvary Chapel movement, we actually went to Bible college. So after the NFL, I went to the XFL, got hurt when the XFL was first around. It ended up playing five seasons in the Arena Football League when we were on NBC and stuff. And in the off season... I would come back and, you know, we'd be here for six months, have a Bible study. We went to the Bible college out in California and we felt this call. The guy got up in Matthew class, Matthew 28, 19. He's, he went through, go therefore, make disciples. And he looked at the map and he said, now all along the West Coast, you see a bunch of Calvary chapels, much on the East Coast. He actually looked at like Minnesota, South Dakota, Nebraska. He's like, dude, it's sparse out there. And he's like, some of you guys are going to go back to your hometown and start a Calvary Chapel. And I'm like, oh no, I wanted to go back to Fort Lauderdale, go on staff there and just be on the beach. And I looked at my wife and she knew it too. And so our pastor was gracious enough to allow us to be on staff there for a couple of years. We helped lead the Boca Raton campus there. It was almost like planning a church. Like, how do I say? It's like, with the resources and the mothership, like it was almost like a test run to plant a church. And then they sent us from there after a couple of years and, and uh, super grateful for them. And now you're living the dream in Omaha, Nebraska. 
<laughs> not so much in January and February. Like I'm, I'm going somewhere warm right. in January and February for sure. Yeah. Right. Well, speaking of that, you just got off sabbatical. Were you someplace warm? I was. Yeah. We went down, um, we were in Nashville. Then we were in Burnsville up in the mountains. We always like getting some mountain time. Yes. And typically we actually get some beach time. This time we have a place in Iowa that we went to and hung low and <laughs> had some pretty cool experiences. Really, we for sabbatical for us, it's time to just shut everything down. So I shut my phone, my email, everything down. And it's just unhurried time with my wife and the Lord. And one of our boys was able to hang with us a little bit of it too. And it was super, super powerful for sure. That's great. That's something that I've always... I guess have been kind of fascinated with because as an entrepreneur and you know a lot of listeners to the King's Council podcast are were entrepreneurs. I believe we're all entrepreneurs too. For sure. We're here to undertake that task at hand, especially even if you're a pastor, leader of a of a large organization, but that importance of sabbatical of actually taking a period of time and unplugging so to say. How do you actually go about that or what is your process to actually maybe even unwind like that because it's hard for me to wrap my brain around it because it's always hustle hustle go and I can do it on like a day but to do it for longer than a day I feel it would be a lot for me for sure walk me through that man it's a great question and I love what your material is on creation I've been just starting to look at that a little bit I think there's so much to that and kind of the phrase we use a lot is rhythms of rest and so the way we've trained our kids for years is work your tail off, then kick your feet up. Work your tail off, kick your feet up. Don't kick your feet up and then work maybe at the very last minute. <laughs> so there's always been this rhythm that we see in creation, right? God creates the world and then he rests. You know, and so we've tried to pattern our entire life schedule around that where, you know, I'll give you an example. We have one day a week, we shut off our phones Monday night and we turn them on Wednesday morning. So it's it's a reset one day a month or one day a week. And then one time a season, we'll have a few days away. And then one time a year, we'll literally have that two to four week range, depending on what the Lord's inviting us into in that season, what the demand is, responsibility, all that. And so this last sabbatical, just I'm literally just coming off of it. <laughs> you guys will appreciate this. I was actually swimming and I swim pretty regularly. For whatever reason, this is probably a week into the sabbatical. I'm like, I'm swimming and I'm kind of like breathing heavy and struggling. And it's like not relaxing at all. And I think I was just still tense from, you know, leading the past year, you know, and it was weird, right? In the middle of a stroke, it was like, I just was finally able to relax. And as I'm swimming, God downloads this acronym called reset, which is like rest, evaluate, soak is what he originally gave me, but I changed it to saturate the pastor in me, saturate elevate, and then transition. And so the rest of my my sabbatical was kind of through that lens. So resting mentally, physically, spiritually, like emotionally, like letting my mind just, just literally rest. We took evaluation of our life. Where am I off? Where do I need to repent? What attitudes am I off, you know, are off right now? What meetings do I need to change? Who do I need to be investing in more? What's the next you know, thing for the church, you know, really a good evaluation. And then we just took a ton of time saturating in the scriptures, in the spirit. We went to a Cody Carnes live worship recording deal. And it was just, just a powerful night of just straight worship. Like no thoughts on how are we going to lead the organization or how it was just me and Jesus and my wife and Cody Carnes in a small room in Nashville, just going for the Lord. It was just, you know, so we had a lot of that just soaking in, in the word and the spirit. And then now it's kind of like we're in this transition. We're elevating 
and we're tweaking some things in our schedule or organization, our rhythms. I'm adding another pastor lunch to make sure I'm catching their pulse a little bit better where I feel like I've neglected that a little bit. And then transition, man, transition back into, you know, because I like what you said, Riley, like, dude, you're made to like get it done, man. Like God's created you with great gifts to work and get after it, right? As empowered by the spirit of God, as led by God. And there is that like, dude, by the end of our sabbatical, my wife even worse than me. She's like, bro, I'm bored. Like, like let's get back to work. You know, she's like, and she, she's even more so than me, but we're made to work. God flat made us to work, to dominate, to get after it as led by him with grace and tact to do it. But I just feel like those rhythms, right? The rhythm of rest, work your tail off, kick your feet up, work your tail off, kick your feet up. Because I've seen so many of us, like we're just working, 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 and then just... And people just, I mean, they're done. They have nothing to give. And they look great on the outside, but they're not, their soul care has just been neglected. And then you, you know, you get some other people, <laughs> kick your feet up, kick your feet up, kick your feet up. They're at the pool, you know, getting a tan when they should be like getting after it. Like, let's, let's move the thing forward. So it's that rhythm, that, that tension that we all feel. Yeah. I love that. You know, some people will call it like work-life balance, but I never really liked that idea of balance because I feel like that's opposing each other, but having it be more of like a, a harmony of we're doing this, you know, following the blueprint that God gave us that it does start with work and actually putting things, a, a structure in order, putting things to play that then earns you the right to actually take rest. But also I think it is that time for the hustlers that are even listening to this. It is so important to actually take that time, not only for your rest, we know that God created the Sabbath for us, but also it is a time for us to honor and have that reflection time with him and listen, which has been so hard for me to just like actually, because even when I'm spending alone time with God, I'm like writing things down and I'm just like, I'm, you know, strategizing, (laughs) put the pen down and just listen. It's funny. One of my friends, I started a new rhythm Monday mornings. I got up early, went over to my homie's house. He's got a, like a indoor sauna type thing. So we just sat and listened to God and then swam a little bit, elapsed, and then got in the ice tub. <laughs> and that's when we finally started talking. But the first was at 40 minutes, we didn't say anything, you know? And to your point, it's so hard for us because I get out my little, uh, what do you call it? The remarkable two. And let me just make sure I'm right in vision and strategy. It's like, okay, it's good. But what's that rhythm? I love the word harmony, rhythm, harmony. Like, what does that look like? Being totally dependent on the Holy Spirit as we're walking and working and what's the right rhythm? One of the questions we ask a lot, the Lord will say, Lord, what are you inviting us into in this season? And that is such a huge global question for us. It's helped us. What are you inviting us into when it comes to the rhythm of rest and work, the ratio, the rhythm? What are you inviting us into when it comes to partnering with people in ministry? What is it? Lord, what are you inviting us into when it, who do you want us to disciple? Who do you want us to reach? What are you inviting us into what area of the country do you want us to really, you know, focus on reaching some of the lot, reaching the second loss? It's this overall question that we ask every season, and then you adjust. You know, I bought this car; it was a 2010 Audi S5, dude. It's like I've wanted one of these for like a decade, and so it's 12 years old. And when I got it, it only had 30,000 miles. And some guy, where it was I think he was from Chicago, he only drove it in the summertime. 
And when I got it, it was an automatic, but it felt like you were driving a stick shift. And I just, I never drove one of those before. I'm like, ah, oh, that's just probably how it is. And one of my boys, Al, he like gets in, he's like, this ain't, he's got an Audi. He's like, bro, this ain't how it's supposed to be. He's like, you gotta like, he, he brought this computer over, he connects it to my, my car. He's like, yeah, something's off. He runs a report. He's like, I gotta call my boy Alex. You gotta go get your transmission reset. And it was, you know, halt herky jerky. And I promise you, I brought it to this dude, Alex, and I get it like two weeks later. It's a totally different car. And what I found out is like, that's a picture of me. Sometimes I get herky jerky, a little short with my wife, with my staff. You know, it's like, homie needs a reset, dude. Like, plug him up. Like, he needs, he needs to get back to some factory settings. And now this, you know, you come out a little bit more smooth, a little more patient, a little more grateful. So, anyway, I could go on and on about Sabbath sabbaticals. The really big idea for everybody's going to look different. The key is what's the rhythm of rest the Lord's inviting you into in this season? I think it's appropriate and helpful for all of us. Yeah. I love that analogy that you just even gave because you would have probably just continued to go on and drive this car for however long, even though it, you would, it's still getting you from point A to point B, but it, it's not operating at the high performance level that the creator designer of that was designed it to operate at. Right. And it, I think we're, <laughs> we're the same way. Like we go through life, we can get from, you know, life to death. But are we actually high performance? Are we operating mm. it? And sometimes it does take that little that reset. Like get back to the factory, get back to the creator, plug in and get reset. So I, I love that. I so guess. good. You know what's funny about that too is I was so used to it, guys. This is honest. I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's how they're just a little herky jerky when it starts. My wife gets in it and she's like, this has to change. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> and I thought, how appropriate. Like, I don't even know sometimes how idiotic and and prideful and like short I am, but you get her in the car. She'll make sure you know real quick, like, Hey, this has got to change. <laughs> uh, that's why they're yeah. true helpmates. Help me, baby. We need, man, I need help. That's for sure. Isn't it amazing how the voice of our wives is very similar to the voice of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. I'm curious now you're, so you're coming off a sabbatical. How do you now get back into that rhythm with your team even do you guys is it like hey here's a day with Todd now and let's hear this vision or do we have anything new or how do you guys like incorporate that getting back into that new harmony it's a really good question one of the things that's huge for us Riley is by God's grace again we've been surrounded by such an amazing team you know Christian was talking about uh, Michael Connell OC he's he's basically my number two you know if for some reason, God wanted to bring me home early. Mike would do a phenomenal job. So when I'm gone, Mike's the lead pastor, basically. And I trust him with my kids, with my life, with the church. And we have such an amazing team. Really, nothing really changes. Now, when we get back in, today was day one, and we make it Monday. So Monday is our staff meeting day, executive staff meeting, and our full staff meeting. It's Mondays. And then Tuesdays our Sabbath each week. So we came back on a Monday for that reason, right? So we come in, you know... And I'm really just, I'll be honest with you. Here's what I did at our first staff meeting. I shared a quick little Devo. And then I just asked them, Hey, I miss you guys. Tell me one celebration from the summer. And we went around literally, you know, 20, I don't know how many people are in that. And I just said, in one minute or less, give me one celebration from the summer. Doesn't have to be your greatest. What, just give me something. And man, it was just beautiful. Nice little flow. And then I gave them just a, I said, now I got a lot. Let me just give you a, one piece of what I'm working with. And I gave him, I, it was, Hey, I love what God's doing. I love, you know, camera lights, social media, everything that God's doing. It's great. I said, but what is the key? 
go make disciples. I'm like, so I gave him that one word, go. What does that look like? Go share the gospel, like love on your neighbor, you know, serve people, support people every day as a spirit leads. Go, 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 let's go make disciples. What does it look like to make disciples? Am I making disciples as your lead pastor? Are you? What does that look like in this season? And some practical things we're going to be working on in 2023, doubling down on discipleship when it looks at, when you know, you're talking about mentorship, discipleship, one-on-one, two-on-two, and really going to that next level of caring for the people. There's so many people getting saved. And I love that. But I heard a phrase, evangelism without discipleship is cruelty. And I heard that phrase and it, it just keeps me up at night. I'm like, awesome. You know, Sally and Joe and Rob all came forward at, you know, the 11 o'clock. Great. Now, how do we help them now? You know, how do we help them? Again, you don't headlock people. You don't play the Holy Spirit, but how we as a church make it clear. So I gave them just a little taste of, you know, that. And I told them, I, I want you to be hearing from the Holy Spirit. How can we continue to grow in that? I love that. What you're saying has what Holy Spirit has absolutely been on my heart. I've shared it with Christian and some others within the Lee King's Council. It's great to, you know, win souls, call it, right? But it's like, we are called to make disciples. Like, what does that actually look like? It's not the just getting the yes, but it's it's getting them like a wholehearted commitment to live that sold out life for Christ, which is it's amazing to hear you say that because that's like what's been heavy on, on my heart too. And it's like, all right, how do we do this? And a, a specific prayer for us was, God, who are we aligning with? Like, what do we make some connections here? So I don't think it's uh, by chance, by any means that we're actually even having this this conversation. So, so. yeah, there's no question. I, I, I sense that with our, you know, Christian and I had a great conversation over the phone and we were syncing up with a lot of that. And it's just, and that's really the question, Lord, what are you inviting us into? How can we lock arms, sharpen one another, encourage one another, bring value to each? And um, it's cool. It's happening through our city. It's really cool. It's happening with the city church. We have a phrase where we say, we're no longer boxing each other out for bodies and bucks, but we're locking arms to, you know, to reach and disciple the lost. And that's what's happening in our city. And I feel like that's happening more and more throughout the country as well. It's like the church being the church, man, you know, and and you guys have strengths that we have weakness and vice versa. And for us to have the humility and the heart to align with what the spirit wants to do, that's when we're better together, truly. Yeah. Amen. And I wrote discipleship down when you were speaking earlier, because obviously, I, I mean, talking about just texting Kurt for discipling you 25 years ago. I mean, that's that's a lost art in the church, the discipleship piece. And again, like you just said, evangelism minus discipleship is just cruelty. <laughs> And we love it. I, we shared before we hit the record button how, you know, we have, we get the notifications when people listen to old podcasts and the call to action was to text this number if you give the, your life to the Lord after hearing our call to salvation. And it, it so feeds our souls. But at the same time, it's like, okay, we got to reach out to that person because now what? Now what do they do? I remember when I first said yes to the Lord, I was so clueless. I still have a note in my phone. When I look at some of the dumbest questions that I had, it was like, because I knew nothing about scripture, nothing about the church, nothing about Jesus. And it's like, I somebody needed to teach me. So as much as I, I give credit to my wife for leading me to the Lord, and I'm so grateful that the two gentlemen who disciple me, I consider myself so blessed because they know the word of God. They have true intimate relationships and, and their heart is to disciple. They wanted to raise other men of God. And it's like, man, that discipleship piece is key. 
That's why when we do link up, when we have an event in a particular city, you know, I told you it's kind of funny, you know, you're an established church, been around a while. King's Council is relatively new. And, you know, we have only a handful of live events under our belt over the last year and a half or so. But we still have to vet you out because if we do an event in your city, we want to be able to say, hey, go to Love Church. They're going to be able to disciple you because we have 20 plus people at all our events give their life to the Lord. But it's like we're leaving town, you know, and, and it's very hard for us. You know, we we stay in touch with those people, but it's very hard to do it if they're not really plugged into a church. So just hats off <laughs> to you, man, for, for what you do in the discipleship area. That's a big deal. It's And that's why I always go back to Kurt's, you know, investment in me and share that with the church. We, we literally, we, for, I don't know, the last 20 years, we brought more than 30 people. I think I told you this into our home because the best way to disciple for us was just, oh, just come and live with us, you know, like, cause that's what happened with me and Kurt. I just live with a guy. And then we ended up starting a ministry called 180 for men coming out of addiction, very similar to my life, where we, we have a five acre property where they, the men live for four months you know, in this house. And that's like number one, because what did Jesus do? He's like, all right, guys, let's just, all right, bro, move in. Where's your house at? I don't have one, but let's just roll. I mean, that's biblical discipleship. Now in this era that we live in, you know, as much as I want those people that came forward at 11, I'd love for them to move in and live with us for the next four months. It's not practical. Okay. Well, what's the next best thing? Like, what does that look like? And here's what we've said. Not everybody is in a place of hunger, like to want to move forward in their faith. And that's okay. We're not trying to headlock people into discipleship. We're saying there are many people though, that are hungry and they're saying, man, what is next? We as a church should not make it complicated at all on what that looks like. Right. You know, if this is you, this is the simple step, connect you, move forward in a small group. And then from that small group, this, you know, spirit led discipleship relationship. What does that rhythm look like? What is the resource? What, you know, reading, reading together, like life on life. What's that look like? So it's, we're really exploring that, doubling down on that in this season. Love it. And I love Christian was sharing just how you've in that community there of all the other churches. I mean, what kind of has broken our heart is just the division within the church of just yeah. like, as you mentioned, like, what was it? Dollars and bodies. Yeah, bodies and bucks. We're boxing each other out. <laughs> boxing each other out. Bodies yeah. and bucks. It's like, no, nah, bro, what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's hilarious. As terrible that is, it's, it's, it's hilarious what you, how you reference it. But that's like, what are we doing here as, as the church? We're on the same team. Like, it's not about, you know, come to mine or come to yours. It's like, we're here for the body of Christ. And how do we take advantage of each other's strengths and, and be filling the gap for, for weaknesses and things. And so I just love the community component that you've been able to break down those walls mm-hmm. of church and actually operate as the church, which is incredible. Honestly. There's a guy in Omaha, Mark Ashton, he leads a church called Christ Community. And there's another guy named Ron Dotzler. There's another dude named Les Beecham. They're kind of the main drivers that really just got some of us young guys together. And they're like, you know, man, let's do this. So it's called Within Reach. And it really is this 30 plus church union. You know, it's like, hey, we, we don't agree on everything, but what do we agree on? Like we have a genuine heart for the lost to disciple them and to, you know, to continue to plant churches, build leaders. We all agree on that. So what are we doing? Okay, let's all that other stuff, you know, like, you know, Calvinism, Arminianism, like, okay, you know, like, what are we doing? You know, boxers, briefs, like, come on, guys, like, what are we really doing here? Let's like, really major in the majors. And so, you know, I, I uh, stand on the shoulders of humble men in our city that have, you know, paved the way to really lead that movement. 
Amen. Yeah, honor to you for that. We do a weekly Bible study on Wednesday mornings, and we're in the Gospel of John. And I mean, I had a season of ministry at a Calvary Chapel, so I fell in love with expository teaching, and that's how I do it. (laughs) We've been in John for what? Six months. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, maybe not six months, but in, what, when we hit John 17 a few weeks back, you know, that prayer mm-hmm. of Jesus to the Father, you know, that we are one church. Yeah, that we may be one so that the world may believe in him. And then you just look around. And when I first got saved, like I said, I knew nothing about church, the Bible, nothing, but I didn't want to go to NA meetings. I, I got my butt in a church. I wanted to be in the house of the Lord. I wanted to worship. I wanted to hear a good word. And I would start going to different churches just to kind of be in the house of the Lord. And I, I was like, wait a second, how come that church doesn't talk to that church? And this church, like even talking junk about that church, like what? <laughs> here. Yeah, just in line with scripture. So since I've I've been walking with the Lord for 10 years, and I'm so grateful for to be a part of King's Council, where we're not a church, but you know, we're a part of the church body and where God's using us to help bridge the gap between different churches. And, you know, we're blessed to be here on a Monday afternoon talking to a great pastor out of Omaha, Nebraska. It's just <laughs> amazing. That's really cool. Yeah, we, we've been blessed, again, to see the humility of, of pastors and leaders that are like, hey, man, let's keep the main thing the main thing. And it's really cool. One thing for us, particularly I've followed Craig Rochelle and Life Church for years. They planted a location in Omaha, literally not even a mile down the road from Love Church. And the campus pastor came to me. He's like, hey, can we have a protein shake? And we were like, you know, at Lifetime Fitness with a protein shake. Super cool guy. I loved him. And he was, you could tell he was like, you know, hey, I just want to let you know. And I'm like, awesome. I'm like, let's go, bro. Like, Life Church? Are you kidding me? I love Life Church. And and it's so even just this week, our host was was like, hey, man, like, if Love Church isn't the right fit, we have great partnerships with churches all throughout the city. You know, let us help you get connected somewhere. And again, that's learning from, you know, the, hum- the humble, great leaders that I've been standing up. You know, because when I first came in, I'll be honest, I'm like, oh, you guys stink. You're not getting your people in the word of God. Like, <laughs> I ain't got the key. Like, follow me, you slackers. You know, like, and then, you know, you grow up and as a church planner, like, golly, I was so arrogant. No, man, it's the city church. So yeah. you, you learn, you learn and grow. Love Craig Groeschel as well. Oh, yeah. love him. That the, uh, by the time this airs, it'll already happen. But this coming weekend is the leadership. Uh, yeah, GLS. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was hoping to go, but instead we're hosting one of our own masterminds here in Minnesota this coming weekend. So so cool. Yeah, we're partnering with Life Church to host that Life Church at the location here in Omaha. All of our staff will be there and yeah, and their staff will be a really good time. Very cool. Let's be clear though, it's just because of how the schedule fell. It's not like we're competing against <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want to be a part of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. We were, we actually were looking at being a host site here in Minnesota too, but we it landed literally the same time we already had a mastermind scheduled, so it didn't work out. But next time, next next time, man. Well, uh, this has been awesome, man. I feel like we could wrap for forever here, but I did write this down just for those that that weren't listening. The reset. So just the the acronym that got downloaded for you during your reset. Uh, so rest. <laughs> evaluate, saturate, elevate, and transition. Transition. Yeah. You want to be so quick to come back in. It's this transition time coming back in. Some of us get so excited about some of the stuff God downloads. We want to make the change tomorrow. It's like, yeah, hold on, man. You know, have a little more patience 
and uh, cascade that message the right way appropriately with patience. So yeah, such wisdom in that because man, I'm like, I get an idea and it's like, let's go. (laughs) Like we're going streaking. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, shoot, aim fire. It's like, you know, it's like, but see, again, that's the beauty of you, Riley, right? You have this amazing (laughs) gift. Take a shot downfield. Let's go throw the nine route right now. You know, it's like, hold on, let's just check down real quick. (laughs) You know, it's third and two, just pick up the first down. We'll throw the nine route a little bit later. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's the beauty, the backside weakness. We mature, we grow a good team around you that a little more conservative and then we get a little more balanced. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love the, the football analogies. I, I have to ask, ask this. So the, the XFL, that's the one where you made up, they had like made up names, right? <laughs> totally. Can you hate me? Remember to make up me? your name? <laughs> I actually put uh, Colossians 3.17 on the back. And if you remember, Brian Bosworth was one of the commentators. And so like he read it, he actually kind of butchered the scripture, but he read Colossians 3.17, like as he was announcing the game, when he saw my scripture on the back, I didn't have my name. I just had the scripture. Unfortunately, the only one anybody remembers is he He hate me. (laughs) He hate me. Rod Smart. That guy was a legend, dude. (laughs) Right. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, Todd, this has been fun, man. Any other closing remarks or anything you want to leave us with here? Yeah, I would just say any, to any listener, you know, for whatever reason you tuned in, you're like, man, I, I'm kind of at this point where I'm looking at the world and I'm going, golly, it's so divisive and chaotic and I don't know what's next. I would encourage you, man, ask the Lord to speak to you. I, I was in that point, 1997, lost my identity, was in a chaotic place, depressed, waking and bacon. I really had no hope. And by God's grace, he opened my eyes. So I would just say, you know, ask the Lord to reveal himself to you. And when he does, take him up on it. Surrender. That, that's the thing we teach our people all the time. The number one place, it's surrender. Just God, I need your forgiveness. <laughs> I've blown it. You're perfect. I'm not. I believe in Jesus. What he did, man, forgive me. I'm all in. I fully surrender and watch what he'll do. I mean, there's nothing special about me. I mean, we're, we're just surrendered, humbled men before a perfect God. And he's gracious enough to love us back, to partner with us, to live his life through us. And again, the proof's in the pudding, I would say. I'm not perfect. By any stretch of the imagination, I'm a dude. You give me around a bad environment, I could lose my mind in one second. But I will tell you, because of the grace of God, they're married 22 years, 20-year-old twin boys, phenomenal team around me. And uh, it's the proof's in the pudding. It really is. God's word works. And so anyway, I would just encourage, I, I'm a preacher, man. Don't ask me that, Riley. I'll <laughs> shut it down at that. Give your life to Christ today. Let the homies know. Let them yeah. connect you with the local church. Send it. Life short. Yeah. And like Todd just said, it's as simple as that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, ask God to reveal himself when he does surrender. So, yeah. <laughs> like, you I mean, don't have to say, uh, you know, a, a particular prayer. It doesn't have to be a formal thing. You don't have to do it in church. You were in a truck, right? I was in a truck in a snowstorm delivering a bag of weed in a Jimmy John's, baby. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's what I, you know, I think people need to hear. Yeah. That yeah. Just because God's after all of our hearts, every one of us. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And and your life can change the, literally the moment that you do surrender and you make that just confession and just take that step. So I just would encourage anybody who's listening, maybe you're even just curious of like, uh, I don't even know what you're really talking about. And you want to hop on a phone call. 
I would say, we'll just set this up. If you, if you text us, just text the word surrender. How about that? Surrender to mm-hmm. 727-472-3860. And uh, we'll make sure that one of us hop on the phone with you and just talk through like, hey, what, what does this look like? I don't, I don't really know. Because if you're, this sounds like what Todd had, certainly I think what Christian had, the viewpoint that I had was like, I didn't want to be that broken and defeated type of Christian that mm-hmm. I saw. But I'm here to tell you like that's not, that's not the lifestyle this is. It is so freaking amazing to walk <laughs> in the freedom and the power and, and just the peace yeah. that surpasses all understanding once you actually truly lay your junk at the cross and surrender everything to him. Mm-hmm. So again, text the word surrender to 727-472-3860 and we'll make sure that one of us hops on the phone and just talks it through this with you. Todd, this has been incredible, man. Really appreciate you hopping on here with us. And we'll have to do this again if you're up for it. Heck yeah, bro. And when you guys are in in Omaha, let's kick it. You guys are dudes that I'd love to to hang out with and get to know our team a little bit more. Absolutely. We'll we'll have a protein shake together. Let's go. Protein (laughs) shake, baby. Let's go. All right. Thanks so much, brother. We'll see you, man. Take care. See you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. If you loved what you heard, give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also watch this episode and much more on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash King's Council Coaching.